You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus said, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. Jesus spoke these words shortly before his anointing at Bethany. And no greater nor more beautiful words can be spoken to sinners. But these words cannot be comprehended apart from faith. Our human reason and our wisdom, they can only receive these words with confusion, with astonishment, and dread. Human reason would see nothing but a tragedy that is about to take place. A tragedy of a ridiculous man who is being caught up into the wheels of institutional injustice. This leaves us as the bystanders who see Jesus with human eyes to be left either to pity Jesus because he suffers or to mock Jesus because because of his unreasonable way of speaking because of his way of making people mad at him. And yet, St. Paul writes, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. By faith we know that Jesus' suffering is not pointless, it is not empty. We don't feel sorry for Jesus when he goes to the cross and when he speaks about his cross, as if everything is somehow going wrong for him. Instead, by faith, we witness God's love for sinners. That for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. By faith, we cling to these words of Jesus' passion. Passion, meaning his suffering. By faith, we cling to them as our treasure. As the word of the cross, as these words of death and burial settle upon our hearts, the the fact is that Jesus would want you to know peace. He would want you to know that his blood is purchasing an eternal end to God's anger against sin, against your sin. Jesus wants you to hear his words of the cross so that you may have hope. Knowing that because Jesus has bled for you, 
and has entered into his tomb for you, so also he brings you from death into life through the resurrection of your flesh. Let this be our focus these next few weeks as we meditate upon the passion of Jesus according to St. Mark. Now Jesus preached this third and final passion uh, prediction as he is ascending uh, uh, the road to David's holy city, to Jerusalem, shortly before the anointing at Bethany. But we find in Mark's gospel it actually stands uh, uh, right before the beginning of the events of Monday Thursday. It's out of order, and I think that's fine. Because St. Mark wants us to see this woman who breaks an alabaster flask, who pours out the ointment upon Jesus as bookending Jesus' passion. As setting it up in our minds and in our hearts how we should consider how we should consider Jesus' suffering and his death. Now when we consider this woman, who we know to be Mary, the, mother, the, the, the sister of Martha and the sister of Lazarus, we should probably consider her alongside the disciples or contrasted with them. Now when the disciples hear Jesus speaking about the cross, uh, St. Mark tells us that they receive Jesus' words with astonishment, with fear. They don't know what to make of what Jesus is, is saying. We know that St. Peter would have prevented Jesus after he heard about the cross for the very first time he heard about it. But Jesus rebuked Peter as the devil because Peter had set his mind on the things of man rather than on the things of God. Now, it would have been one thing if Jesus would have confined the cross and this speaking about death and resurrection to himself. But no, when Jesus speaks about his cross, he looks at his disciples, he locks eyes with them, and he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When Jesus talks about going to Jerusalem to die, he's also telling his disciples that they too are going with him so that they would learn to suffer and to die. And so when Jesus set his eyes on Jerusalem, when he drew near to Bethany, Thomas, one of the twelve, said, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, whereas the disciples were mired in confusion and uncertainty and in doubt, Mary believed with full Christian confidence. Why? Because her eyes had witnessed the way that had been made open from death to life. Of course, the cross does not end in defeat. It can't. Because the Lord of life himself is entering into contest with it. Mary saw with her eyes her brother Lazarus 
in pain and in suffering. She saw him die. Mary knew grief and loss. And her desperate hope that Jesus would sweep in at the very last second to save Lazarus' life, even this was shattered. That's because Jesus wanted her to have something better. Something that, something that she nor any other sinner could, could imagine. By bringing Lazarus out of the tomb, Jesus showed Mary that he can bring life from death. So when Jesus says that he must be crucified and die to be raised on the third day to give his life as a ransom for many, Mary remembered her brother, Lazarus, and she believed. Jesus came to the the friend of Lazarus' house, uh, his name is Simon the leper, and there was a feast that was prepared in Lazarus' honor, in this new life that has been given to him by Jesus. Martha, of course, was doing her good works of faith by preparing dinner for her Lord and the guests. Everyone was seated. Everybody was comfortable. But Mary disrupts the propriety of the scene. St. Mark writes that she came in with an alabaster flask of ointment of, of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over Jesus' head. St. John tells us that as the spike nard ointment, which is one of the most expensive substances known to men in that part of the world, as the scent of it filled the house, the guests became indignant. And angry. Because why would you waste such costly, such costly stuff on the head of a man? Judas pipes up. And he says, you could have sold that for 300 denarii. Judas wants us to know his great heart for the poor. That he sees this as an empty gesture, as something that has taken away from a real opportunity to love someone. This has robbed the disciples and it has robbed Jesus of the possibility of a good work. Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. You will always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. What is more beautiful than feeding the poor? What is more beautiful than providing for those who have nothing? The world would look at you and say, nothing, nothing at all. In fact, this is exactly how you justify yourself before your fellow brothers and how you justify yourself even before God in heaven. That's how you prove your righteousness. 
But this is the opinion of a world that knows nothing of their sin. Nor the eternal punishment that they deserve because of their sin. The opinion of the law would try to have us purchase back God's smiling face by giving our money to the poor. But it is not enough. Our sins remain with us. We cannot atone for them. Mary anoints Jesus. And in doing so, she shows us that there is a greater work. There is a greater work to be found outside of the Ten Commandments. It is the work of Jesus himself who suffers, who will give his body over to death. Mary comes to Jesus and anoints him because she knows that through Jesus' death and burial, she will gain forgiveness and life, true righteousness that counts before the throne of God. This is the thing that is most beautiful, that Jesus dies for sinners and that sinners by faith cling to him. Jesus says that there is always a time for works of charity. But these works of charity and love must end where Christ's work of justifying sinners begins. Where faith sees Jesus extended upon the cross, we're being placed into the tomb. We see this as beautiful. It is beautiful in our sight because Jesus' death and his burial are beautiful in God's sight. It is beautiful enough, it's a sufficient ransom to save the world from their sin. St. John tells us that when Judas spoke out against Mary and when he roused the guests against Mary, he did so from a guilty conscience. St. John writes, he said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Was Mary any less a sinner? Was she somehow proving herself to be a more righteous person than Judas? No. The difference between Mary's good Christian conscience and Judas's bad conscience is the object of their faith and the object of their hope. Judas said what he said less out of anger against Mary and more because he hoped for his own redemption by the works of the law, by an atonement that could be bought even with 30 pieces of silver earned by betraying his Lord. But even if he had the chance to try to do that with his money, it wouldn't have mattered. 
The bad conscience, though it strives after nothing but, but works, in the end it is left with its guilt. Mary, on the other hand, she refused to look at her works. She refused to try to find her peace with God by spending money on the poor so that she could buy her salvation. Instead, she looked to Jesus. She looked to the holy and the precious work of his suffering, his dying, of being laid into the tomb, and that is the difference between Judas and Mary. Of course, Mary would always have the poor to love, and she was always commanded by Jesus, through the law, to love the poor. But she wouldn't always have this time with Jesus. She would not always have a time in this world and in this life to worship Jesus by faith. Because even our time upon this earth must come to an end. This Lent, as we learn from St. Mark, how the death of Jesus is beautiful and how our worship of Jesus not according to works of the law, but by faith is beautiful. Let us learn to soothe our consciences by finding our treasure in Jesus' death and in his burial and in his resurrection so that with Mary we may offer always the most beautiful, the most beautiful offering of all, of faith that springs not from a conscience that strives after, not from a conscience that strives after works, but a conscience that has been set at peace by Jesus' blood. To God alone be the glory. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Him. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.